3: Welcome
4: to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Look,
5: lovely day here. How are things with you?
6: Well, it's a beautiful day, John. Lovely day. It's just Mm -hmm.
5: great out. Mm -hmm, mm
6: -hmm. I love it. Tomorrow, it's going to be 80.
5: Yeah, it's kind of like this yo-yo weather, isn't it? Yeah,
6: tomorrow, or the day after tomorrow, I believe Friday is going to be similar. Yep. In temperature, um, and I, it's just, it's thrilling for me.
5: Mm-hmm. It's springtime. Mm-hmm. Everything's a bloom. Uh, are all the trees in, uh, in your backyard, are they Are they all blossomed?
6: No. No, they're not going to blossom Some yet. laggards. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have. I mean, don't disparage my trees. Oh, well, sorry.
5: Some laggards, I mean, though. Some are slow, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got some that are. The older trees are much, much longer.
6: Are you, do you mean my flowering trees, or do you mean do my trees have leaves on them? Yes,
5: do your trees have leaves? Oh yes, yeah. they all have leaves they on do. them. Okay.
6: I was, I thought you meant about my flowering trees, oh, and no. you were upset that they weren't, you know, oh, showing not. off yet.
5: What kind of flowering trees do you have?
6: Uh, I have a lilac bush. <laughs> I have azaleas, and I have forsythia.
5: I have a lilac bush that is essentially deer food.
6: That's sad. That, that, you know, I've had this. That's I've had sad. this for
5: almost twenty years. It oh, never. It it's a sad. I should give it to you.
6: Oh, that's really sad. I should
5: just dig it up and give it to you. That's it,
6: really really sad.
5: Every year, the deer just feast.
6: You know, uh, just the other. I think I did. I talk about this in the air. That maybe a week ago, I was driving down our street and there was a deer there, and that does not happen. Really, we we have deer in the area, but never in our neighborhood. Really. And so now maybe they're going to start to eat my stuff. If they eat my azaleas, mm-hmm, I'm going to be on mm-hmm, fire yeah. about it.
5: I wonder why you don't have deer in your area. I mean, because they're everywhere. They're everywhere.
6: I, it's not that they're not in the area. It's just that they're not in our neighborhood. Hmm. You know what I mean? I think yeah, they yeah. stay over the hill. They're must. I, hmm. I think deer are so beautiful.
5: Yeah, I love them. But, but I you, want
6: them to be hands off my stuff. Right. I mean, uh,
5: oftentimes I've got five, six, seven deer sleeping in my yard sleeping.
6: That's so nice though. It's lovely. If they would eat something that wasn't,
5: you <laughs> know, well, bales of hay or something. something. Else. No, it's just, they're just, they eat everything in sight, everything. So we don't grow anything because there's no point. There's no point. No, right. everything. So anyway, such is life. All right. But Hey, bucks are up nine, nothing in the third inning. <laughs> They're playing right now. So it's good to see, you know, as as horrible as the pirates have been for eternity, to see at least early in the year, a, a little slimmer, a little sliver of hope. That's listen. All. Mm-hmm. I,
6: I think it's super exciting. Very nice. Super exciting. Mm-hmm. Also, coming up on today's program, uh in the five o'clock hour, I would say um my favorite book of the year. What? I was going to say my second favorite book of the year because I do have another one that's very close. Um,
5: Alan Noble joins us uh, yeah. on getting out of bed.
6: I read it today. It a con- it's a can, sl-
5: slim little volume, isn't it? I
6: cannot it? tell you how much I love this book. How many
5: book? pages? It's like, uh, what, 100, 109 pages. 100, well, that's with all the. A hundred and four pages. Totally. Substantive pages. Nice. Deep. Thick, Absolutely. Discus.
6: Love it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk to Alan in the five o'clock hour. Also five reasons you did not and cannot reinvent yourself. That hmm. seems like
5: a lot. Well, we live in a society that, you know, says we can read. Yes. Well, look that's at, what, that's look like,
6: at COVID. What, it's time to reinvent yourself.
5: Look at all the sexual debates. Look, right. I'm, re- right, I'm happy with who I am.
6: You can change your gender. You can right. change your job, your career, your path. You can change where you live. You mm-hmm. can change who you're married to.
5: Everything's changeable.
6: Okay, but this guy says, Brian Rosner says, nope. That guy. Uh, also, today's garlic day. Garlic day? Mm-hmm.
5: Huh. I had some garlic last night. Mm. Um, you say so you celebrate it early? Well, maybe. Uh, the ultimate sort of like luxury thing is to buy garlic in a jar.
6: No. That's totally cheating. And it t- it's, it's, cheating. It's, it's like one-eighth the strength. It's not cheating. No, it's like one eighth the strength.
5: Well, there may be something there about that, but you it's know, just, it's just it's, like a quick, it's,
6: it's dying a slow death in that jar. No, it's
5: fine. Like, no. we were making meatballs. Last. I made meatballs, yep. uh, I had some frozen meatballs, put some oil in a skillet, throw a couple of uh teaspoons or tablespoons in the skillet. It flavors it, it does the job, it
6: flavors it barely. Mm-hmm. If you squeezed out a couple of cloves, you'd be so much further really? along. Really? You really would be. I had
5: no idea. It's yeah. its strong opinions about <laughs> garlic in a oh, jar.
6: The reason we're talking about the that heck. is because it's National Garlic Day. All right. Very nice. Oh, look, what was here. Tell me. Look, remember, I thought I left that at home. Oh,
5: <laughs> right. Okay. All right. That's, uh, it, it is a news day, mm-hmm. is it not? Yeah, is it never not? Wouldn't it no. be nice if there was, a, like, okay, we're going to pause the There's news. There's never a, a non-news day. All right, all right it, it continues to go on. Without further ado, Kath, please give us the top four at four.
6: For Wednesday, April 19th, 2023, number one. Mm. Late yesterday afternoon, while we were on the air, I guess I read about it afterwards, Fox News reached a staggering $787.5 million settlement with Dominion Voting Systems, resolving a defamation lawsuit that had been percolating for more than two years, just minutes before it was set to go to trial. I was shocked to read this last night. Me too. At issue, of course, uh, the myriad of falsehoods that were aired, endorsed, uh, concerning the integrity of the 2020 presidential election, um, the payout ultimately, according to today's dispatch, landed at about half of the $1.6 billion Dominion originally sued for. But the agreement still represents one of the largest media defamation settlements in U.S. history. For Fox, the chunk represents 20% of its cash. Just 20%. 20%. Still, a fifth of your cash? That's a lot.
5: They've got
2: billions.
6: That's still a lot. Um, it also saved uh, Rupert Murdoch, Tucker Carlson, Maria Romo, is that how you say her name, yeah. uh, from having to testify. Mm-hmm. That would have been very no interesting. To. It also kind of, you know, the negative press is going to go away for a little while. Um, although emails and text messages disclosed during the pretrial discovery period weren't read in open court, they're all over the place mm-hmm. now. So you can you see follow it way. along. Yeah, you would right. It. Um, no matter the rationale, the network is hardly out of the woods yet because Reuters reported this week a group of Fox shareholders are demanding mm-hmm. company records, mm-hmm. board minutes, emails and texts for possible lawsuits alleging directors and executives were derelict in their duties when mm-hmm. they allowed the network to promote unfounded election conspiracies. Mm-hmm. Did you also know that Smartmatic is suing Fox?
5: I, I do. Uh huh. For-, for
6: $2.7 billion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's another uh Vote tabulation company. Number two, the Chinese Communist Party's efforts to harass dissidents and exert control, not on Chinese soil, but on everyone else's, are nothing new. But a bundle of charges announced yesterday by the Justice Department, including against two men accused of running a police station in New York City.
5: This is horrible.
6: It's outrageous.
5: So from China, China has connected with U.S. citizens to run a policing unit on Chinese citizens, or American citizens, I should say, sorry, American citizens living here in the United Chinese States. Or they could be Chinese
6: dissidents who are here under protection. Maybe they're refugees, whatever. maybe they're on a visiting visa, whatever they're is. They're out of the borders. Yep. yep.
5: And so the Chinese government is calling people in, what, to arrest them, to do something.
6: Julie Millsap, who's a government, government relations manager at Uyghur Human Rights, says this. I would say that every single person who's an activist or dissident, whether they be Chinese, Tibetan or Uyghur, if they're vocal on any issue against the government of China, they have experienced some form of harassment, which has escalated in the last few years. Stalking, threats, surveillance, violence. I mean, can you believe they're operating this in New York City?
5: Yes, it's the Chinese government.
6: Chinese officials, John, this is laughable, have downplayed the allegations labeling the New York men as, quote, warm-hearted local people serving as volunteers.
5: Warm-hearted local people (laughs) serving as as volunteers. volunteers. They're warm-hearted.
6: You can read more about that at the dispatch. Number three, protests raged last night on the University of Pittsburgh campus during a debate with Daily Wire host Michael Knowles about transgender rights inside the O'Hara Student Center. The university closed buildings, I'm reading here from the Trib, and reported a public safety emergency as a protest crowd grew and an incendiary device went off. Let me just say, parenthetically, I'll insert my opinion into this. These are people acting like infants. Why? Why? People have different ideas. The reason you go to school is to get smarter and hear people's different views on different things. The fact that they were blocking the entrance to the Oakland hospitals is not something a group of people who say they care about other people
5: do. Free speech.
6: And number four, don't look now, but the Pirates are good. Holy smokes. That's your top four at four.
5: Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the score. It's uh, end of the third inning. Pirates are, uh, I'm sorry, bottom of the fourth inning. Pirates are leading nine, nothing.
6: Mm-hmm. People are saying people in my orbit, people like I might be married to, yeah. are saying that I need to not get my hopes well, up. Well, of course, why can't people just let me be happy?
5: Well, because it's the pirates. Listen, and, I know, am going they're, they're to, live to live to in disappoint. the now,
6: and every night I am geeked to go home and watch the game. I agree, you're
5: preaching to the choir. How about
6: Jack Sewinsky last Boom, night?
5: Oh, smashing!
6: I haven't seen a trip. I think I've seen a triple. Maybe once a season Yeah, for nice. the last five years. I, there was one today. There was right. one last
5: night. Yeah. I mean, after consecutive 100 lost seasons. It's so thrilling. It's for nice me. to see a little, <laughs> a little so fun thr- baseball. It's That's so all. thrilling. That's all it is. All Just right. Looking for a little fun.
6: Coming up after the break, uh, Charles Stanley has passed away. We talked about him yesterday, the in-touch preacher who many on Word FM have come to know and love. We'll talk about his life with Daniel Silliman from CT. He's coming up next. It is the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home.
7: W.O.R.D.
1: You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you.
8: I'm your number one fan!
1: That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win
2: one of these contests.
1: Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club
2: and sign up. We're big fans. Hi, this is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and best-selling author on safety and preparedness. The fact is, things are getting downright scary for everyone who's storing their wealth in the banks. We just saw the collapse of three major banks, and I would urge you to consider protecting your wealth ASAP. If even a tiny percentage of Americans attempt to withdraw their savings, we would see a collapse of the entire banking system, sending us into a modern-day Great Depression. Fortunately, there is a way for you to avoid this. It starts with contacting Advantage Gold. If you have an IRA or 401k, Advantage Gold can help convert those paper assets into physical gold and silver. This is the process that I recommend everybody use as a hedge against rapid inflation and to protect your retirement wealth from the banks. Take control of your financial safety today. Call 800-900-8000 to get your free gold investment kit from Advantage Gold. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000.
1: Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000.
2: Attention taxpayers. If you or your business owe the IRS back taxes or have years of unfiled tax returns, the IRS has green-lighted billions of dollars in tax relief to those facing financial hardship through its tax relief initiatives. If you have a delinquent tax problem and possibly facing wage garnishment, liens, levies, audits, or already in a payment plan, you may now qualify for significant relief. Qualifying and enrolling in this program could stop all collections, settle your tax problem, and may even reduce what you owe by up to 99%. Call the hotline at Tax Help USA to see if you qualify and receive your free tax assessment by dialing 800-784-4538. If you or your business owe back taxes to the IRS or state, you can now get the help that you need during these hard economic times. Get your free tax assessment to see what you qualify for by dialing 800-784-4538. 800-784-4538. That's 800-784-4538. Looking for some extra income? Get competitive pay and flexible
9: hours as a school bus driver with A1 Transit. Providing safe, reliable, affordable transportation throughout the tri-state since 1989. Perfect for retirees. This fun, family-run company offers free CDL classes and a sign-on bonus. Must be 24 years or older to apply and must complete a background check. A1 Transit in Lawrenceville. To apply in person, call 412-781-6170. That's 412-781-6170.
5: Charles Stanley has passed away yesterday at 7.30 in the morning. Of course, uh, as a Word FM listener, you're very familiar with In Touch with Charles Stanley. It aired on this station for close to 30 years. Daniel Silliman from Christianity Today joins us. He's the news editor at CT, also the author of Reading Evangelicals, How Christian Fiction Shaped a Culture and a Faith, and he wrote a really beautiful, moving, deeper piece about Charles Stanley. Dan, welcome back, how are you doing?
10: Hi, John, I'm good, thanks for having me.
5: Our pleasure.
6: Dan, Charles Stanley is known and loved by a lot of people here in Pittsburgh um, who have listened to him over the years. I'm sure that's the case in cities all across the U.S. and the world. Um, Talk about his relationship with his actual congregation who was with him each week.
10: Yeah, he was a pastor of First Baptist Church in Atlanta for 51 years, which is an incredibly, incredibly long time. Uh those folks had of course a um you know deep and personal relationship with him and and a uh, deep emotional connection with him. but it was also pretty contentious over the years. I was kind of surprised researching his life for this obituary how um you know he he really was a fighter and he'd been through a lot of struggles, and there were sort of several eras in his life in the church where there were uh, there was some, some contention, there were some quarrels over his yeah leadership.
5: And Dan, funny you say he was a fighter. I mean he you say in your piece he once took a punch in the face.
10: He once took a punch to the face. In a church meeting, not like in a you know a bar intervention room. into a bar room or something. It was a deacon who punched him. Yeah. He um he There was a sort of struggle over whether he should be in charge in the first place he He was an associate, became an associate pastor, and then the senior pastor resigned and he was uh taken on as the interim and he wanted to be the permanent one, but there was apparently some opposition in the in the church and uh and then once he he did become senior pastor, he started making some changes. About Sunday school teachers and about how you know things worked in the church, and it really upset a lot of people. And there was this pretty intense quarrel that ended with uh, a deacon slugging him, while uh, his son Andy Stanley, 13 years old at the time, now also a megachurch pastor in Atlanta, was uh, was watching. His son his son wrote, um, "I got to see my father turn the other cheek, but he never turned tail." and Ran, And that really seems like it was a a, a pretty consistent theme in his life. He believed that stubbornness was the right way to go, um, that you should figure out what God is telling you to do, you should listen to what God is telling you to do, and you should be obedient to that whatever the consequences, including getting punched in the face by one of your Mm teens.
5: I mean, when when you think about uh, American evangelical Christianity over the last 50 or 60 years, and you talk about this, I mean, Charles Stanley was a founding member of the Moral Majority, the Christian Coalition. He served as president of the Southern Baptist Convention. I mean, that's a very, very long shadow. And I think probably what's significant, I think for me at least, people who are non-believers, you know, you're holding your remote, your television remote in your hand, and you're going up and down the stations, you would see Charles Stanley. And my guess is people came to Christ because of that. They saw that familiar visage, that cadence of speech, and they stopped to tune in because he was everywhere on radio and television. Yeah. He was. He's considered
10: one of the best preachers of the of his generation of the second half of the 20th century, along with uh, Charles Swindoll and Billy Graham, also two two giants of evangelicalism. My impression of him was, you know, especially in the in the in the televangelism space, especially preaching on TV, that he came across as gentle. He had these marvelous long fingers, and he just seemed like a like a gentleman, he seemed calm, he, he had sort of practical advice. You know, I think we, sometimes the more public preaching is, the more excited or energetic or angry, and that really wasn't, that really wasn't his demeanor. And that, along with a practical application of how, how the Bible could, um, God's instructions could impact your life, uh, affected a lot of people.
6: Dan Sullivan is the news editor at Christianity Today. He's with us now, talking about the life and death of uh, Reverend Charles Stanley. Can you talk about a little Dan, the beginning of uh, his life? I I was surprised to read that he lost his dad when he was just an infant, um, and had uh, you know a tumultuous time with his stepfather. Um, Tell our listeners that story.
10: Yeah, so he grew up in uh, Dry Fork. Was born in Dry Fork, Virginia, in 1932. Later would say it was a town so small you couldn't find it on a map, um, and it really seems like he, his his childhood was shaped by his relationship with his mother, who was a Pentecostal Christian who prayed for him fervently, who taught him to read the Bible, and really cared about his his faith as a young child. And then on the other hand, his his stepfather who had uh problems with drinking alcoholism violence and um was abusive to um charles's mother and charles by by his account at one point he actually got into a a pretty violent fight with his father um and, and and tried to stab him he later talked about this as um you know teaching him we all learn to cope with our childhoods and sometimes the thing that carries you out of childhood turns out not to help you later in life. And he talked about, you know, learning some survival techniques that actually kinda of hurt him in his ministry and hurt him in his relationship with his 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 closest relationships. Like he said he learned a need to always be in control, you know, to never let anybody else have any say. Um right. and he had to repent and pray and go to therapy, he said, to to work on some of the lasting damage of that childhood.
5: And Daniel, you include an incredible quote from Charles Stanley. He says this, quote, I was very, very uneasy unless I was in charge. I was very, very competitive, combative, and very competitive. You see, into my ministry, I brought the survival spirit. You do or die. You do whatever is necessary to win. It doesn't make any difference what it is. I mean, that, you know, it's less of a preacher and more of a, you know, a boxer.
10: Yeah, it doesn't sound like someone who's holding up morality. It sounds like an all-moral, pragmatic, um, you know, striver. And I, I really appreciate the honesty of that quote from yeah. him and, and think that, you know, we've seen so many examples of of uh, people who do horrible things and never admit it, of people who never admit being wrong at all, and people who kind of aren't honest that they are too just humans and saved by grace and working on stuff and he had you know he had some messes in his life he got divorced it was uh long and painful um at his at his wife's um request he had a falling out with his son and had to go to therapy and restore that relationship thankfully and that became kind of a testimony of the possibilities of restoration but i think that um I think that to remember him, we do need to remember the complications and the struggles. And I personally appreciate his, his honesty in trying to do that um, several times in his life as well.
6: So what did that mean for his church, for the church in general, that he was uh, divorced and was able to maintain his position?
10: Well, the time it, it, it started and, his his wife um filed for divorce the first time in 1993 and it wasn't finalized until 2000 so this was a pretty long um process when she filed for divorce in 1993 First Baptist Church in Atlanta had a policy that divorced people could not serve in ministry so there was a there was a push actually to have him stepped down, and some of the people who remember those earlier fights with deacons and Sunday school teachers sort of resurfaced. Um, it went through sort of several rounds of struggle, and and ultimately the church decided that that policy on marriage wasn't as biblical as maybe they had thought it was, and wasn't as, um, I don't know, wasn't good for the situation, but also just wasn't right, that that the fact that um, that he that his wife didn't want to be in their marriage anymore didn't actually disqualify Charles Stanley from ministry. So ultimately, um, they voted overwhelmingly to keep him and, you know, that was part of a broader sea change in conservative Christianity about what, what do we do with divorce? Mm-hmm. How do we deal with divorce? We know We know God hates divorce. We know Jesus says that divorce is allowed because of the hardness of your hearts you know it 's a complicated thing, but people 's lives are also complicated, and we have to we have to figure out what we 're going to do. Right. but they ultimately voted for him overwhelmingly to remain their pastor and um, he did not He did not remarry um, later in life.
5: And so there it is. I mean, you see the contentiousness of the man. And, and as you write in your article in Christianity Today, uh, him and his son, Andy Stanley, eventually wound up in therapy together. They've made amends and they moved forward from that. And, and I think probably the the overriding thing for me is that as, um, as passionate, I would say fair to say, a, as passionate as a man as Charles Stanley was, in your piece, you write about his willingness always as he prayed to get down on his knees to pray before the Lord. This is something that you don't see often, right? It's not talked about people praying on their knees, but he was very vocal about that Daniel.
10: I think sometimes when you hear he got down on his knees to pray, you assume that's kind of a metaphor, like he prayed really hard or something, which Charles Stanley, it was very clear. He literally got down on his knees. He was you know, 70, 80 years old and still kneeling, um, to, to, to pray, then I think that physical act was really important to who he was. And he, you know, he was very stubborn and there were strengths to that and there were weaknesses. And he knew he knew both of those things. And so really trying to humble himself, really trying to listen to God, really trying to thank God every day for what he had. And and acknowledge it all as a gift was an important, important practice for him to try and uh, keep himself in check in mm-hmm. his own stubbornness on the, on the to make it stubborn faithfulness instead of un- stubborn, uh, stubborn un- unfaithfulness, which mm-hmm. I think is probably a
8: yeah. challenge
10: for all of us.
6: Uh with only a minute left, Dan, let me ask you about the legacy of Charles Stanley. Will he stay, will his, you know, will In touch stay on the air? Um, is there any movement from the church to continue that or to discontinue that? Or do we have any news?
10: Um, InTouch operates as its own ministry. I think it's related to the church, but um, the church uh, has a new pastor and that's been going on for a couple of years and I don't think anything will change there. Um, I haven't heard any plans for in touch, but my assumption is that they have many, many sermons, and they will be happy to, to run them um, as long as people are uh, moved and touched by his preaching.
2: Amen to that.
5: Well, Dan, thanks an awful lot. You do an excellent job at Christianity Today. It's always a pleasure to connect with you.
10: Thanks, John and Kathy. Have a nice day. And you as well.
6: You can check out the book by Dan Silliman, which is called Reading Evangelicals, How Christian Fiction Shaped a Culture and a Faith. Super interesting. We're going to take a break when we come back. If you've used Facebook in the last 16 years,
11: do you have money waiting for you? Spring is in the air. Spring is everywhere. Hi, it's me, Marcia from the Spring House. And spring is a great time of year on both our farm and our store. It kicks off with farm tours, and we just love sharing our farm with all those precious young folks. Graduation party season and wedding and shower season start up now, too. So my sister Jill and her catering crew are on the road in our Red Spring House vans almost every day, delivering homemade country cooking to families all over the Tri-County area. My brother Sam and his farm guy, are busy this time of year planting corn and pumpkins and hay, along with getting the cows milked and fed two times a day, too. The Springhouse store crew loves serving all the families that come to visit to enjoy our homemade lunches and suppers, to take a zing down our hillside slide, and to top off their experience with a Springhouse ice cream concoction like a strawberry ice cream shortcake. Come see us and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse. or springhousemarket.com
12: If you've heard any of our radio commercials here on Word FM, you know that we like funny stories that make us smile. This is not one of those commercials. I read this week that over one-third of U.S. adults now owe more in credit card debt than they have saved. Adding the fact that milk and gas and kids' clothes and everything is out of control. And I think it's fair to say it's a scary time for a lot of good people. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And if that's you, I do believe a cash-out refinance, pulling out some of the value your home has earned the last few years, could be a saving grace. Yes, mortgage interest rates are up, but credit card rates are about three to five times higher. We've helped hundreds of listeners do this, using a cash-out to rid of the credit card debt and then saving some extra aside for the road ahead. And it's undoubtedly a life-changer for many. If you'd like to chat about your situation, we our United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp Melbourne, New York.
13: And a number 1330. Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672.
1: Terry Wurgenis here from the Gateway Clipper. Celebrate mom with a family aboard a Mother's Day cruise sailing Sunday, May 14th. All moms will receive a special gift from all of us at the Clipper. For reservations, visit gatewayclipper.com.
9: Roofing, signing, or remodeling? Done right? Call doing it right. 724 New Roof.
7: Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 W O R D F M
6: Pittsburgh. Age related macular degeneration is a leading cause of blindness in people over 55, but with treatment it can be slowed down, stopped, and in some cases reversed. Make sure you see your grandchildren grow. Project your vision by requesting information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1 800 Blindness for a free packet on reversing or managing AMD. Or go to the website fightblindness.org where I found so much helpful information. Or again, call 1 800 Blindness today.
7: It'll be partly cloudy tonight with a low 48. Tomorrow, mix of clouds and sunshine. Very warm. You're going to feel the difference. Tomorrow's high, 84. Mild tomorrow night with a low 57. Still warm on Friday. Some showers in the afternoon, though, with a high 78. Taking a look at the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Clouds both days, maybe a shower. Saturday's high, 63. Sunday, we're only going up to 52. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Rose Tamburino.
5: All right, it sounds like uh, corporations are throwing around millions and millions of dollars. Now, if you're a Facebook user, you apparently could cash in on this really? as well. Mm-hmm.
6: We've used Facebook, John. Yes, you, we have. Well,
5: then you have a check coming your way if you so uh, desire. Really? Anybody in the United States who used Facebook in the last 16 years...
6: I mean, that's hardly anybody.
5: ...can now collect a piece of a settlement of $725 million by the parent company Meta, tied to privacy violations as long as they fill out a claim on the website set up to pay out money to the social network's users. The settlement stems from multiple lawsuits that were brought against Facebook by users who claimed the company improperly shared their data with Mm third-party sources such as advertisers and data brokers. Litigation began after Facebook was embroiled in a privacy scandal in 2018 with Cambridge Analytica, which scraped user data from the site as part of an effort for profile users. So um, hard to say how much people will get. Mm -hmm. It depends upon how many people sign up.
6: Right. So you could get
5: Mm $0.16. Or you could get, I don't know, I don't know, who knows. The lawyers are going to get all the money. Right, you know that. Yeah, it's not like
6: right? it's not like anybody who really was inv- was using Facebook can look forward to getting their mortgage paid right. off. Or something. it'd be
5: kind of interesting just to do it to see how it how yeah, it works. Right. Although the last thing you wanted to get involved in is a class action. And lawsuit.
6: The, the amount of paperwork that yeah. you would get is probably sickeningly. So you Huge. have to go
5: to this website, you include your name, address, email, your phone, you reside in the U.S. in a certain time, your Facebook user account, you deleted your account, your Facebook username, the payment service you prefer. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. All these the things. The payment service you prefer. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a suit-happy world we live yeah, in, Yeah, exactly. It okay, Forget we'll take it. a quick break. We come back. This is a, t- a timely topic. Yeah. All who are weary. Finding true rest by letting go of the burdens you are never meant to carry. Amen.
7: 101.5 WORD.
5: Okay, everybody in the car.
3: Where are we going, Daddy?
5: On an adventure.
8: Yay!
1: Adventures in Odyssey. It's not just a kid's show. It's a show the whole family can enjoy. Listen on this station. Adventures in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, WORD. WORD. Doing It Right, Roofing, Siding,
9: Remodeling. Specializing in roof replacements for churches and places of worship for nearly 40 years. For the church roof replacement specialists in Pittsburgh and the surrounding area, call 724-NEW-ROOF-TODAY
13: for a free quote. Attack the tax group for details and restrictions. Attention anyone that owes money to the IRS. The IRS has restarted aggressive enforcement actions against taxpayers who owe back taxes that were temporarily suspended for COVID. If you owe $10,000 or more, you must hear this, because now is the time to clear your IRS tax debt. A special toll-free number has been established so you can stop penalty fees. Avoid liens, levies, or other hostile measures by the IRS. Call the tax group right now at 800-792-4730. The tax group will provide you with the maximum protection afforded by law.
14: I got behind on my taxes and owed $48,000. I didn't know what to do. I called and they got my bill lowered to just $3,500. I owed $87,000 in taxes and it was scary.
8: I got the amount I owed down to just $3,500. I saved $83,500
13: if you owe money to the IRS, don't wait another day. Call 800-792-4730 right now before the IRS enforces liens, levies, and other aggressive measures. The call and consult are absolutely free. Call now. Call 800-792-4730. 800-792-4730. 800-792-4730.
15: Tens of thousands affected by the toxic water at Camp Lejeune are left with death, cancer, cancer, Parkinson's, dementia, birth defects, and other serious illnesses. And along with the harm, so many worries.
0: My family drank the Camp Lejeune water. What if our health gets worse and we need more financial help? How do I protect my VA benefits and get the compensation I deserve and need?
15: The answer is simple. Call James Harris Law, the experienced, trusted law firm that can get you significant compensation while protecting all your VA benefits. We're already fighting for hundreds of Marines, families, and civilians who drank Camp Lejeune water. But if you miss the deadline, you could forever lose your right to the justice you deserve. So call our Camp Lejeune legal helpline now. Now may be your last chance to receive full compensation. Don't delay. Call 800-299-7878. That's 800-299-7878. 800-299-7878.
9: Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Done right? Call doing it right. 724 New Roof.
6: Feeling stuck. Feeling like there's no future, no way out disappointed
5: I don't know a hamster on a wheel I'm,
6: I'm just thinking those are the things that come to mind when I imagine Americans during COVID just
5: you know has it gotten better post COVID do you think well things a little better
6: I think COVID probably brought out into focus a lot of things that were previously there
5: our national neuroses
6: yeah and I'm guessing that we haven't solved them
5: <laughs> that's a good guess No, but you yourself, right? Our listeners as well. I think pretty much everybody is weary.
6: Yes, and different things make different people weary. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's it's an individual thing. We're happy to welcome Sarah Hauser back to the program. She's the author of All Who Are Weary, Finding True Rest by Letting Go of the Burdens You Were Never Meant to Carry. Hi, Sarah.
14: Hi, thanks for having me on.
5: Yeah, it's our pleasure, Sarah. Okay, so uh, in All Who Are Weary you recount your own journey along with this burnt out, tired, weary state of mind. I mean, I would imagine going through the process, of course, which you've all gone through is one thing, but then sitting down to chronicle it is a whole other thing.
14: Yes. Yeah. You know, it's interesting in writing the process, in writing, this book, as I looked back on my own seasons of weariness, and that's come in in many different forms. You know, I I write in the book about my mom passing away 10 years ago, and then I also write about a season of depression and postpartum anxiety that I went through. And I actually wrote the book uh, while I had a newborn. (laughs) I started writing the book when I was seven months pregnant, and I finished it with a six-month-old. And, <laughs> wow. you know, so, so there were—I uh, I don't recommend that to a lot of people, but that's the way that God worked out the timeline. But, you know, so there's many different sort of iterations of weariness, and, you know, through it all, I have to come back to the reality that—the invitation that Christ gives to find rest in Him— really depends on who He is, not on how restful our circumstances feel. Mm. And I think as I looked back over those various seasons of my life, and then, you know, you just talked about COVID, like that, that was weary in a, so many different ways for so many, for all of us, really. Um, I, it I just reminded me as I chronicled some of my own stories that that, that rest Christ invites us into um, can be found in the midst of any of that.
6: Sarah, when you were on the show before, we talked about our common, uh, experience of postpartum anxiety and how we both felt (laughs) like completely overwhelmed by it. Uh, And it's, it's hard to put into words and it's also hard for me to really, I remember how terrible I felt, but I can't remember, I can't feel the feeling, uh, now yeah. the memory of the you know feeling? what I mean, like I remember yes. the feeling, but I can't feel the feeling
5: thank goodness
14: thank goodness yes uh, and, it, and what so, yes. isn't that it's kind of a weird thing It is a very strange thing, and as i was as I struggled through my own postpartum anxiety i I had been a writer I wasn't working on a book at the time, but i remember some people telling me, you know, to, to just write it all down. And at that time I was not looking to publish those things, you know, but like you said, it's like when you're in it, you're feeling these very intense things, but you can't quite make sense of it. And it wasn't until years after the fact that I actually started to make sense of some of that. But what was really helpful for me is that I actually had journal entries and different things like that, where I wrote Mm. down the very raw feelings, but, of course, not wanting to, you know, that was not for the world to hear at that point, you know. But um, but I was able to go back and, and sort of wrestle through some of those raw emotions because it is a very strange, it's one of the strangest experiences I've had because it really is this out-of-body experience. And even as I was going through counseling at the time, I was able to start to see, okay, I, I know that the way my body is responding is is irrational, but i can't stop it mm-hmm. you know and and it was just such a strange experience that if you haven 't gone through it, it sounds just kind of crazy or just ridiculous or it 's easy to maybe minimize that experience for other people but once you 've gone through it, it is uh, really, really challenging to kind of make sense of it, and it really wasn't until it took me a long time to make sense of it. And then when I did, I don't think I realized how much I had been struggling until I started to get healthy. And once I remembered what feeling healthy was like, <laughs> I actually was like, wow, I I was struggling more with anxiety and depression than I even realized at the hmm. time because I had forgotten what it was like to not struggle with those things. Interesting.
5: Okay. So then, Sarah, uh, what can you go back and say – this is where i first turned the key towards Mm. wholeness Mm. again was there a first step that opened up the door for you
14: yeah that's a great question there was one particular appointment that i had with my counselor and and there were there were a couple different places where you know a key turned so to speak but i remember one particular uh, appointment it was a phone appointment at the time with my counselor and i had been talking to her for for a long time and she gave this metaphor of just me believing all of these lies about myself, about God, about, you know, all of these different things in the midst of my depression. And she said to me, it's like you're in this dark windowless room. And I used to be outside the room, but there's this battle going on for my mind. And every time you believe a lie, it's like you've opened the door to that room a little further. Hmm. And then I would step inside that room and eventually the door slams." slammed shut behind me. And I, it was like, I was in this dark room and I could not get out. And she was like, now you're at the point where you need somebody else to open that door for you and help to pull Mm. you out. And that was such a turning point for me. I was still very much struggling. I still struggled for a long time after that. So I don't want to give the impression that it was like, suddenly I was fine. (laughs) But the way she explained that to me really helped me understand The darkness that I was in and the fact that I had to have the help of counselors, uh, you know, my husband, friends, eventually medication for me uh, in order to pull me out of that room. And and that really helped kind of put put a picture to what I was feeling at the time and, and was a real turning point to me being able to also say I don't have to live in this room any longer. And that was a real key, key moment for me. That's
6: good. Sarah Hauser's with us. Her book is called All Who Are Weary: Finding True Rest by Letting Go of the Burdens You Were Never Meant to Carry. Sarah, in thinking about that question that John asked you about, you know, what what was the turning point for you? Uh, the turning point for me was I was like I felt like my body and mind were acting without my consent. (laughs) Yeah. Like I didn't know what was happening. And, and I really prided myself on being controlled and, you know, reasonable and capable and all those sorts of things. And it was all out the window. And I was Mm -hmm. anyway, I had a good friend and she called me on the phone and she said, I got an appointment for you at a therapist tomorrow If you want to go now, I remember Mm -hmm. where I was standing in my house when I got that phone call and that was my moment because I thought I'd never considered that before in my life. I never thought I was a person who would have to go to a shrink. You know what I mean? I never, And I I thought, okay, either I'm going forward, I'm stepping into this or I'm just going to stay where I am. But to me, there was no choice because I, I was... I was not functioning and I took that. I remember thinking, okay, I'm stepping into something new.
5: Okay. So then for both of you, where's God in this mix, Sarah?
14: For me, God is in the midst of all of this, you know? And, and so I, I have seen a counselor who is also a Christian. So she comes out counseling from a psychological background, but she is a believer. So she's also coming to it from the same worldview as me. And so for me, that was really, really important because she was able to help me figure out and understand some of the physiological symptoms that I was experiencing and, and help me put some categories and some names to those things. But she was also able to recognize some of the spiritual battles that I was fighting in that as well because it's, it's all related. And, and I think sometimes when we just, just say something is spiritual or we just say it's physical and we start to – divide those things we can miss part of the picture and we can miss getting some of the help that we need and you know so there were things for me where I did eventually go on medication and that was extremely beneficial for me personally Mm -hmm. and that's a decision you know everybody has to make for themselves with the guidance of course of a medical professional which I am not but uh, I had the guidance of people but through that I was also talking to my husband and the community. I, I was so grateful to have people in my local church community who I knew were on medication, and I could actually reach out to my church community, which was such a gift, and say, tell me about this. What, what did you wrestle with uh, in your body and the symptoms, as well as let's talk about this theologically you know let's let's kind of share what's going on in our hearts and our souls as we make this pretty significant decision of moving forward medically and so i think it's all intertwined sometimes in a very messy way which can can make it more challenging but i think i think sometimes we try to divide things and and we can miss seeing part of the picture in the midst of that
6: Try finding Sarah Sarah Houser's book. No, I mean, don't try to, I mean, yes, try to find it, but it's not like it's going to be hard. The way I said it, it was like, you're going to have to really work at finding it. Pretty much anywhere you want to buy books, it's available, but the title of it is All Who Are Weary, Finding True Rest by Letting Go of the Burdens You Were Never Meant to Carry. Sarah,
14: great to talk to you again. Always
5: good, Sarah. Thank you so much.
14: Thanks again for having me.
5: Our pleasure. All Who Are Weary. We'll take a quick break. Uh, It is National Poetry Month. (laughs) Woo! You got one coming up? Uh It's next on The Ride Home.
1: Optima Tax Relief Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com
16: Let's be real. Mopping is a hassle. You have to fill the bucket, pushing a wet, heavy mop around, then cleaning the mop when you're done so it doesn't grow bacteria. A hassle on top of a hassle. Try Swiffer WetJet. With Swiffer WetJet, you start with a fresh pad and cleaning solution every time. And when you're done, you just toss the pad. Swiffer WetJet, the faster, easier, cleaner way to clean your floors.
0: Easy Cater presents We've Got Your Back, up Upsingers. Up. So I ordered Mexican for my team at work.
15: we vegetarian options for Jerry.
0: And I'm in a meeting and I remember Jerry's vegan. So I text Easy Cater and they reply, no problem, we got this. Gonna
15: fix it for ya.
0: Sometimes I get vegetarian and vegan confused, kind of like Austria and Australia.
15: Geography is not your strong suit.
0: Dietary needs. Easy Cater has your back
1: with over 100,000 restaurants. Order 24-7 on easycater.com and know we got your back. Has your home fallen victim to Mother Nature? Get a free storm damage analysis from Bachman's Roofing. You may never notice the damage from storms, so let the experienced team at Bachman's Roofing provide a free analysis to check for damages from the recent storms. Bachman's is now offering 0% financing and no payments for six months. Call 412-744-8390 or visit Bachman'sRoofing.com to set up your free storm damage analysis by May 1st. That's 412-744-8390.
5: Brr, I'm cold. You know why you're cold? Because we need to replace our windows. It's going to be expensive. Well, We lose money every time the wind blows.
16: I don't want to deal with a high-pressure salesperson.
0: Well, our neighbors used Energy Swing windows and doors, and they love them.
16: Oh, they have over 500 five-star reviews.
5: The Energy Swing is a complete lifetime warranty for a peace-of-mind guarantee. So if we replace the windows and doors with them, we'll never have to do it again.
16: I'll make an appointment today at EnergySwingWindows.com.
17: National
6: Poetry Month. Mm-hmm. We try to observe it every year. John's, John's loved poetry, what, your whole life? Oh, yeah, for a long, long time. I've only loved poetry for the last eight or nine years.
5: I shamed into it. I was shamed Sorry. into it,
6: but now I, I go to it freely. Yes. Um, so today, we have a really clever poem that rhymes, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. Not all poems have to rhyme, but when it does, it's great. Um, this is a, a uh, by a poet, John Betterman, uh, or... I'm not sure how to pronounce it. B-E-T-J-E-M-A-N. He's a Brit. Uh, The title is A Subaltern's Love Song. A subaltern is is kind of like an enlisted military man. Mm -hmm. And this is a story about a young man who meets a young woman playing
5: tennis. Mm -hmm. A Subaltern's Love Song. Miss J. Hunter Dunn, Miss J. Hunter Dunn, furnished and burnished, by Aldershot Son. Mm. What strenuous singles we played after tea. We in the tournament, you against me. Love 30, love 40, oh, weakness of joy, the speed of a swallow, the grace of a boy. With carefulest carelessness, gaily you won. I am weak from your loveliness, Joan Hunter Dunn. <laughs> Miss Joan Hunter Dunn, Miss Joan Hunter Dunn. How mad I am, sad I am, gladly that you won. The warm-handed racket is back in its press, but my shock-headed victor, she loves me no less. Her father's euphemous shines as we walk and swing past the summer-house, buried in talk, and cool the veranda that welcomes us in to the six o'clock news and the lime juice and gin the scent of the confers, sound of the bath, the view from my bedroom of moss-dappled path, as I struggled with double-end evening tie, for we dance at the golf club, my victor and I. On the floor of the bedroom lie blazer and shorts, and the cream-colored walls are betoppled with sports, and westering questering settles the sun, O you low-headed window, Miss Joan Hunter Dunn. The hillman is waiting. The lights in the hall. The pictures of Egypt are bright on the wall. My sweet, I am standing behind the oak stair. And there, on the landing, the lights on your hair. By roads not adopted, by woodland's ways, she drove to the club in the late summer haze. Into nine o'clock, Camberley, heavy with bells, and mushroomy, pine-woody, Evergreen smells. Miss Joan Hunter Dunn, Miss Joan Hunter Dunn, I can hear from the car park, the dance has begun. Oh, full Surrey twilight, importune band. Oh, strongly adorable tennis girl's hand. Around us are Rovers and Austins afar. Above us the intimate roof for the car. And here on my right is the girl of my choice, with a tilt of her nose, and the chime of her voice, and the scent of her rap, and the words never said, and the ominous, ominous dancing ahead. We sat in the car park till twenty to one, and now I'm engaged to Miss Joan Hunter Dunn. <laughs> Very lovely. Hmm?
6: How great is that? How lovely. Oh my! You God.
5: fall in love with a woman over a tennis match, <laughs> and you sit in the car as the evening lights fade oh. and goes into darkness, and then she becomes your betrothed. <sighs> lovely indeed.
6: I mean, that's just a better way to describe that than any prose could describe mm-hmm. it. That's what's really wonderful about poetry.
5: We'll take a quick break. That is our four o'clock hour yes, here on the it ride is. home. Coming up left, uh, coming up next.
6: Leave pity city, mm. John.
5: And on getting out of bed.
6: Yeah, it's hard sometimes.
5: There's a theology behind it. Stay with us. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's 101.5 1.5 Word FM. W-O-R-D. We're glad you're with us.
1: word fm remembering charles stanley all of us are going to face death one of these days and
4: because he lives we can face death courageously
1: boldly and confidently. a life of obedience dedicated to teaching others how to have a relationship with jesus celebrating the life and legacy of charles stanley
7: Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey, 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.com. Check it out.
4: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. On Capitol Hill, Republican Congressman Clay Higgins from Louisiana torches Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas for destroying Border Patrol morale with his refusal to enforce U.S. laws. It's stunning that you could sit there and and smugly grin as if you've not miserably failed your country. We could give you money to, to hire a thousand new border agents.
5: Nobody wants to work for you.
4: That issue is the crisis at the southern border that has spread to Canada, where authorities have seen a dramatic increase in migrant crossings. A delay in the court hearing for a Massachusetts Air National Guardsman accused of leaking highly classified military documents. Jack Deshares' attorneys asking for more time. The Dow is down 93 points, but the Nasdaq up 17. This is SRN News.
17: Hi, I'm Olivia, and I'm 11. Some people my age might think water in a basement's pretty cool. Who wouldn't want an indoor swimming pool? But my dad taught me a thing or two about homes.
2: You mean all those
8: times I talked about waterproofing? You were actually listening?
17: Absolutely. I'm like Alexa.
8: Okay, so how does JD waterproofing protect your home?
17: By keeping water out of the basement so it doesn't compromise the structure of your home. And? By not giving yucky mold and mildew a place to grow.
12: Pretty good.
17: Dad, I wasn't finished. Oh, sorry. And, JD waterproofing can save you money. Do tell. By saving you from having to replace your basement appliances from water damage.
8: I couldn't have said it better myself.
17: Got water problems? Don't cry. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY.
8: J&D Waterproofing. 1-800-VERY-DRY.
17: I promise you guys, you will not regret it when you call Trinity because it was such a relief and less stress in my life. And it was the best thing I could have done for myself because once I called Trinity, they took care of me and I felt such a relief, a weight off my shoulders. Trinity was great to work with. They wanted to help me. I love it.
15: If you're
1: in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496.
17: I'm Corey and I'm debt free for keeps.
1: one 800
4: Hi, friends. Tom Lewis for Cross International with a great big thank you to everyone who gave in our campaign to reach, rescue, and bring hope and the gospel to children right there in Haiti, Guatemala, and Nicaragua through Cross International Partners. Your gifts are literally transforming lives. Now, there's still some work to be done, a lot of children waiting to be fed for the next year, receive clean water, a Christian education, other life-saving resources, and there's room for you to call right now, 866-806-2977. We've still got a lot of children in this campaign that need your help. You can give on the web as well at wordfm.com, the Cross International banner. Or one more time, here's the number to call,
7: 866-806-2977. It'll be partly cloudy tonight with a low 48. Tomorrow, mix of clouds and sunshine, very warm. You're going to feel the difference. Tomorrow's high, 84. Mild tomorrow night with a low 57. Still warm on Friday. Some showers in the afternoon, though, with a high 78. Taking a look at the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Clouds both days, maybe a shower. Saturday's high 63. Sunday, we're only going up to 52. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Rose Tamburino.
4: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem, Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons.
5: It seems as though increasingly we live in a world where there is no privacy Mm -hmm. and there's no secrets or no decorum Mm -hmm. of what stays, what went on here stays here, whether it's government, corporations, or of course. sports
6: teams. Inside locker rooms, we see video from there. We see fights that break out in clubhouses that we would Mm -hmm. never have known about years ago.
5: Everything's on the table.
6: Everything's on the table.
5: Uh, I saw a piece uh, of all places picked up by NPR that the CEO of an office furniture giant apparently has landed in the center of a social media storm after she told her staff in a closed staff Zoom meeting to focus on being better employees instead of asking whether they lose their bonuses. All right, well, that seems reasonable, right? Yeah. Uh, the leaked the comments, best way to
6: get a bonus is to not focus on getting a bonus.
5: Right. The leaked comments from Miller Knowles' Andy Owen are sparking debate about workplace attitudes in the face of greater economic uncertainty and whether CEOs are out of touch with their staffs. Well, well I mean, that pretty much yeah. goes without saying, right? Uh, quote, don't ask about what are we going to do if we don't get a bonus? Get the $26 million, Owen says in the video, in apparent reference to an internal financial performance target, right? Mm -hmm. She's saying, do the work. Spend your time and your effort thinking about the $26 million we need and not thinking about what you're going to do if you don't get a bonus, all right? Can I get some commitment? I mean, that seems reasonable from the head of a corporation. The 80-second response to employees' bonus questions came at the end of a 75-minute town hall primarily focused on customer service and performance goals. The company's fiscal year ends next month, which is when bonus amounts are determined. So a clip of Owen's comments was leaked to social media. Oh, no and it spread widely across all platforms. One version of the video posted to Twitter had been views by more than 7 million people as of 6 p.m. Um, Eastern time on Tuesday. So here, here's, the, here's the part that's getting the most feed. She wraps up her remarks by sharing some advice she heard from a previous manager of her own. She said, quote, I had an old boss who said to me one time, you can visit Pity City, but you can't live there. Mm. So people... Leave Pity City. Let's get it done, she says. She then ends end the meeting by saying, thank you. Have a great day. Raising her hands in a gesture of victory and mouthing the word, boom. Now then, she's on the defensive. Says Because clip, 7
6: million people have watched this
5: clip. Saying the clip was taken out of context. Every
6: clip is taken out of context because you never know what the context of any clip is. Yep.
5: She is a uh, fairly new to this company. Been there a couple of years after a leadership role at Gap. I mean, I, I don't find any fault here. I don't pro- either. This is a closed internal right. meeting with your employees. Just essentially saying, "Suck it up, let's go, you guys."
6: Right. Which is what any boss says any to any boss, employee every for day. crying out loud. Why is right. that so difficult to? I mean, pity city. Leave pity city. That's a probably pretty good advice. Pretty good advice. <laughs> it's kind of dorky, but it's
5: leave pity city behind. Right. Right? I, I don't know
6: that that idea of being taped or recorded or however you want to look at it all the time yeah. if you had any uh any position of prominence uh as i think of sports in particular um you you're just i feel like you're it's open season well,
5: look, on we're, anybody we're leaking supreme court We're leaking national secrets on Twitter or Instagram. On
6: on, on our gaming app.
5: Right. I mean, it's just everywhere. If you consent to it, if you're in the media, here we are. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. But a private meeting, you would think that you would have to sign some sort of... Agreement that you know what goes well, on in this that's meeting. That's the
6: creepy thing about that situation. If you're having a Zoom meeting, you're going into it with the assumption that this is a confidential closed door meeting, like right. if you walked into the conference room. The fact that one of your employees is recording you while you're talking that's pretty rough, right?
5: Remember the brouhaha, uh, how many years ago, <laughs> who has now moved on to different troubles, but Alec Baldwin uh, screaming at his kid. And then that became you know sort of... No, Kirk it. Franklin.
6: I uh, remember that one.
5: No, Alec, it was Alec Baldwin. I don't remember Alec Baldwin. Yeah, his kid released a video of, of, of being screamed at by her dad, and then he had to go on the defense. Oh, his well. older daughter with right. Kim
6: Basinger? Right. right. yeah, yeah. But not one of his right. nine that I'm, he has with...
5: I mean, anybody's name. worst moments. Anybody's moments, period. Worst exactly. or otherwise.
6: It's... I, I think it's a... I think it's a crying shame. Crazy world I really do. Lexi, when you are out anywhere, like, is is being
3: recorded part of what you, you have in your mind?
5: The expectation?
3: Well, I guess it kind of depends if, you know, I'm walking into a business, I know that their cameras are probably working. So, like, there's that kind of idea, right? Yeah. But um, a lot of people, and I think this is just a product of the age that we live in, mm. is that people are expected to be okay with being recorded. And that's never the case, or at least mm-hmm. it should not be assumed that is the case.
5: But I think my, my take on all this is you should basically assume at this point that no matter where you are, but how you're are you, being recorded. But how are you
6: supposed to get that in your head?
5: I, I just think that this is the age we live in, right? All right. Big brother has okay. long since been All right. Here.
6: So if this CEO was recorded in this Zoom meeting you know that she's using every IT person on her staff to find out who got who sent that out. Sure. You know what I mean? Yep. That has to be priority one.
15: Right.
6: And that person's going to be
5: looking for a job. Well, they'll be visiting Pity City. <laughs> <laughs> you can visit Pity City. What do you but think you about that story?
6: There. I mean, you're a lot younger than us, Lex. Does, how how does that story hit you?
3: Well, I think for the protection of the employee. It's not necessarily unheard of or bad per se to record a meeting Um, and not every state like Pennsylvania is one of the states where you have to have um, two party um, consent to record um, where a lot of states were one of the 11 states that you have to let the person know that they are being recorded. But in a lot of states, it's a one party um, recording thing. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to let them know, hey, I'm recording you. Um, But I'll be honest, if they're gonna say that behind closed doors when they think they're not being recorded, I don't really like that. I don't love no. that um you could, you know, say something maybe hurtful to an employee. I don't
5: find it too inflammatory. I mean yeah. I I just think that this is I mean, if how she, people listen, are. Listen, if
6: mm-hmm. she's a horrible boss and she is interpersonally, you know, negative with her I'm saying that could of course that could make the take those comments and put them in that
5: she doesn't sound horrible do i'm you? not yeah. saying she does she's saying thanks everybody i'm Boom.
6: saying i'm just saying if she is horrible you could imagine that those would be taken the wrong of way yeah, if yeah. she's wonderful then you know it's no big deal or if she's even if she's not wonderful if she's just kind of a benign force then you're not going to take that to heart so it just it there's too many variables there mm-hmm. good
5: golly i don't know let's get to work
6: all right coming up next if you're depressed, anxious, if you can't figure out why there's suffering in the world, well, Alan Noble can't figure it out either, but we're going to talk it next.
5: On Getting Out of Bed.
7: 101.5 WORD.
1: Everywhere you go. Anywhere you go. Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are. And you carry us around in your pocket. Where you
15: been? Pick- there's an app for that,
1: right? On TuneIn, on iHeart on our own app on WordFM.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone The iPhone on your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 W O R D.
13: Contact the tax group for details and restrictions. Attention to anyone that owes money to the IRS. The IRS has restarted aggressive enforcement actions against taxpayers who owe back taxes that were temporarily suspended for COVID. If you owe ten thousand dollars or more, you must hear this because now now is the time to clear your IRS tax debt. A special toll-free number has been established so you can stop penalty fees. Avoid liens, levies, or other hostile measures by the IRS. Call the tax group right now at 800-792-4730. The tax group will provide you with the maximum protection afforded by law.
14: I got behind on my taxes and owed $48,000. I didn't know what to do. I called and they got my bill lowered to just $3,500.
8: I owed $87,000 in taxes and it was scary. I got the amount I owed down to just 3500
13: I saved $83,500. If you money to the IRS, don't wait another day. Call 800-792-4730 right now before the IRS enforces liens, levies, and other aggressive measures. The call and consult are absolutely free. Call now. Call 800-792-4730. 800-792-4730. 800-792-4730.
8: I'm Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I learned about atrial fibrillation the hard way. My symptoms would come and go. Shortness of breath. Fatigue. I kept going. Then I got so lightheaded, I couldn't. My doctor said I have AFib, so I'm about five times more likely to have a stroke. Other symptoms, irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain can come and go, but the risk of stroke stays. If you have symptoms, tell a doctor. Visit NotimeToWait.com.
1: Sponsored by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer.
2: In business, everything your employees do impacts your brand, including what they wear. Cintas has high-performance workplace apparel for almost every job imaginable. From work shirts and pants, to polos and khakis, to Oxfords or T-shirts, these clothes move, breathe, and look great. Your team gets the styles they like, you convey the image you want. And Cintas' service includes weekly laundry and delivery. To learn more, visit Cintas.com.
4: Oh, I'm ready.
2: And get ready for the workday.
6: At Chilled to Perfection in Oakmont, you can look perfect at any age. Safe, fast, and completely non-invasive. Chilled to Perfection is your all-natural way to target stubborn body fat, age spots, cellulite, acne, hair loss, and more. For a limited time, get a cryoskin treatment in the area of your choice plus cryofacial for just 249. Defy your age where your results are their business. Visit chilledtoperfectionpgh.com today. Sometimes it's hard to get out of bed.
5: It's nice to hang out in bed, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, little luxury.
6: Yeah, for some people, think it's a luxury. Other people can't get out of bed because there's too much difficulty in life.
14: Mm-hmm. There
6: are people who are listening to this program right now. I'm sure you're suffering with clinical depression, or you're suffering with an illness, or you're going through a divorce, or you're worried about your kids. You're racked by guilt. Uh, you're not sure how to process what's happened in your past, no idea what to imagine for your future. Um, all of us carry a level of suffering. And um, part of growing up is realizing that this is something that unites us as a human family. Um, and the book of Hebrews says that uh, Jesus suffered like we suffer, and so he's not ashamed to call mm-hmm. us brothers and sisters. Um, but it still doesn't make it any easier. Sure doesn't. And it's zero Zero fun. Um, I think the best thing we can do is find a path forward, and that's what our friend Alan Noble has provided. Alan's new book is called On Getting Out of Bed, The Burden and Gift of Living. Alan, welcome back.
8: Thank you. I'm excited to be back. Our
5: pleasure, Alan. All right, so uh, the travail of getting out of bed. You considering where we've been these last several years, it's not a hard jump to think you wrote this because of our present situation or where we've been. Is that the kernel of it? Or is this something more personal with you?
8: Yeah. So, I mean, I actually wrote the essay that started this, uh, book, um, prior to the, to the pandemic. Um, and it does come out of my own personal experience with mental health struggles. Um, which I don't get into in the book uh, because it's not a memoir. It's just a uh, kind of humanist text in the sense that it's about human experience. Um, but it does come out of my experience and the experience of those around me.
6: So, Alan, I showed to John this file. that
8: <laughs> You should see this book,
5: Alan. <laughs>
6: Well, yeah. First of all, your book is is marked up quite significantly. Ever yep. since I left college, yeah. I can't read books anymore without highlighting them and putting you know bookmarks in them.
5: Right, but the file. Yeah. Sorry.
6: Yeah, but that's okay. I just showed John a file before uh, we in our like pre show meeting, and in the file it says best article ever, and it is your article on living
5: best story ever. best
6: story ever. Yeah. yeah. And oh wow! And and that hit me when when you wrote that prior to COVID, that was so well it was it was so well done and i i i when i opened this book i recognized it and realized that that's the, 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 the article was the root and it was turning into this book um and so i i guess person to person i have to tell you how practical this book is and how i mean i can't tell you how many times reading it i was like oh my gosh that's so true Oh my gosh, that's so true. But the reason I'm saying it is because I've been through it. Um, I know what it's like to not be able to function as you have always functioned and you can't figure out what happened to you, um, and how I lost myself in the process. So, um, let me start with this. John asked um, an important question about whether it was important to you, whether these came through your personal experience. I've already I've already said I resonate with it because of mine. Um, what do you see in the country, the culture around you that caused you to think that this needed to be
8: read and written? Well, I mean, when I initially wrote the essay, the first essay that, that on living that formed the basis of this book, it was – um, because I had read uh, a number of stories of, of fellow Christians who had lost their lives to suicide and um, I felt burdened by it. And this was pre COVID again. So, you know, things have gotten even more um, difficult for a lot of, a lot of Americans since then. And um the results of that essay were a lot of people reaching out to me and saying, this resonates, I feel the same way. Um, and so initially I was just sort of preaching to myself, reminding myself mm-hmm. of some mm-hmm. basic truth that I needed to hear. But um, I quickly found that a lot of people were in a similar place. I mean, I think it's a very difficult, trying time. Um, it's a stressful time. Uh, and we've lived through a lot. And um, we're carrying that around with us.
6: It's hard to accept. And I don't, it happens to everybody at a different time in their life. It's hard to accept the fact that your life, my life, is going to, uh, at the very least, include suffering. Or it may revolve around it. Um, Talk about, you know, how you came to grips with that.
8: Yeah, I mean... I, I, growing up, my extended family, there was so much suffering, so much trauma and addiction and abuse that, um, and so I was aware that a lot of people experience a lot of suffering, but I was able to sort of put that in a box and say, yeah, well, that's because there are those types of people. There are people who choose that suffering for themselves. There are they're people who, who are not Christian or who are bad Christians or who, you know, make bad life choices. And as I got older, I and I got to know other adults more and more, I realized, wow, a lot of people are walking around with a lot of pain. Um, Forms of suffering that I didn't know were possible. People are walking around carrying burdens of their children, of their spouse, of their friends, of themselves. And um, I realized I need to readjust my my understanding of what normal is. Normal life involves a great deal of suffering. And the church has always known that. It's just that in our modern society where we can try to fix everything, which is what we try to do, it's easier to pretend that suffering is abnormal. Mm
6: -hmm. So if we're diagnosed, if I'm diagnosed with something today and I come in and tell John about it, The first thing he's probably going to say is, let me fix this, or what's the treatment for that?
8: Right. Which is great. And we do have some really good treatments for some things, but when you are diagnosed with something, what you come to realize many times, more often than not, I think, is that we don't have solutions. We don't have cures. We have treatments, which are are good, but you're still going to have to face the day. Yeah. And that's the subject of this book.
5: Facing the day, because the day is coming.
8: The day is coming, whether you want it to or not. And um, in, in a sense, in a sense, this book is a kind of existentialist book in, in, in that it's asking, what does it mean to live right now? What does it mean to live with mental? I, I talk about mental affliction in the book which includes mental uh, illnesses, mental disorders, and just mental suffering? What is it like to, to live with that? Because that's what really matters. It's, it's great if you get uh, a, a diagnosis and, and you start a treatment plan, but you are the one who still has to choose to get out of bed each day. Mm-hmm. And that's the fact that this, that's the reality this book, Restless
13: With.
6: Yeah, and that's uh, what you point to, that that decision to get out of bed is really ours to make. And it's the the suffering is really only known fully between us and God. Um, and it's so amazing to have a group of people around us, you know, family, friends, church who support us. Um, and you talk a lot about that in the book about the essential nature of that. But when it comes right down to it, it, it is up to us. It's that it's the decision we make to walk forward.
8: Right. Other people can't make that decision for you. They can encourage you. They can pray for you. They can hold your hand they can they can carry you sometimes but ultimately you're the one who's going to have to make the choice to embrace your life and um that's difficult but we have god and and so uh part of the premise of this book is that we need to have an answer for the question why get out of bed because um we're gonna that question is gonna come up at one point or another i mean people listening to this today might be feeling really good and that might seem like a morbid question of course life is worth living but there will come a time for most of us if not all of us where life is so burdensome so hard so difficult that we actually need an answer why get out of bed why is it worth living this life
6: hmm. and so your the, the answer that you propose as the book goes on is that there is an that our life is more than about us
8: right I didn't ask to be my brother's keeper but I am my brother's keeper I am a witness to God's goodness and to the goodness of the creation that he has made when I get out of bed each morning even when it's very difficult I'm tell uh, i'm testifying to my children, to my wife, to my friends, to my students, to my colleagues, that life is worth living, that life is fundamentally good, that it's a a good gift from a loving God who preserves us moment by moment, and it's worth living. And that gives them hope, because they're going to go through difficult times, too. Now, that might seem like I'm adding another burden onto somebody's life who's already feeling deeply burdened. But I'll say that one of the first things to go when you're experiencing, for example, deep depression is a sense of purpose. You feel like your life is purposeless, that you lack worth, that you are not contributing anything, that the world would be better off without you. And this is a reminder that that's fundamentally not true, that you just by choosing to get your feet on the floor and get out of bed, and to walk downstairs, you are testifying to the goodness of God's creation.
5: Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan, uh, when I was reading on getting out of bed, I was thinking about myself and the scenario that you just described. Right, that all of us have been in that, or most of us have been in that situation, where you're you go through these seasons and you're laying there, lying in bed, and it's 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 not just you know it's this act of courage that's takes like not one step, but 10,000 micro steps to have the courage to shed yourself of the despair and the guilt and the worthlessness, the fear, all those things that you take that breath and pull back the covers and swing your feet out of the bed and plant them on the floor and go, here I go. I mean, it's the process to do that is endless. And it's all in your head.
8: In the book, I try to talk about it as doing the next thing, doing the next right thing. Um, Because when you're in that position, when you're in that that place of of despair, uh, or anguish or melancholy or depression or anxiety, um, big plans, big uh, goals seem overwhelming. So the idea of going to work, of of you know, preparing for the day, of doing all these things, is too much. But if you can just think to yourself, I'm going to glorify God by doing the next right thing. And the mm. next right thing is getting out of bed. The next right thing is making breakfast. The next right thing is eating that breakfast. The next right thing is taking out my, my dog for a walk. These basic fundamental things. And those do take, as you say, a great deal of courage some days. And that's okay.
6: Alan Noble's with us. His new book is called On Getting Out of Bed, The Burden and Gift of Living. Alan, we need to take a break. Can you hang with us? I sure can. Terrific. More with Alan Noble coming up next.
5: As a young adult, your college years, of course, are extremely pivotal. It's the time to discover who you are And if you're fortunate and you are involved in Christian life, to discover your God-given calling in life. Because the world calls and says, oh, your college career is all about your future self and making your income to provide for your life. But, Mm -hmm. of course, life is much more than that.
6: And there are limitless numbers, seemingly limitless numbers of colleges that will help your child down that path. To figure out how to make the The most money, right. To find the most jobs, all those sorts of things, all important things to consider. However, how many schools are there that are going to help your child prepare to go out into the world, to be an effective witness for Christ, to be a person who's able to work in their chosen field in a way that is a calling, whether they're being trained as a mechanical engineer or they're being trained as someone in business or an elementary school teacher, whatever it is, looking at that job as their vocation that is given to them by God and that God can work through them in a magnificent way because of their own individuality. How many colleges are going to prepare a child to look at it that way?
2: That
5: would be Grove City College, eternal biblical truth in all the teachings, GCC,
16: South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results.
2: We are also a small firm who will treat you like family, and not just a number.
16: Call us today at one 800 TAX 1176 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start.
2: In John 836, so if the sun sets you free, you will be Free indeed. And one way we can achieve that is by being debt free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1 800 TAX 1176. And together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1 800 TAX 1176. Terry Wardren here from the Gateway Clipper. The best way to
1: see Pittsburgh is aboard a three river sightseeing cruise. Join us and experience our city and learn something about it too. Sales weekends in April and May. Visit GatewayClipper.com
7: for tickets. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. At WordFM.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. It'll be partly cloudy tonight with a low 48. Tomorrow, mix of clouds and sunshine. Very warm. You're going to feel the difference. Tomorrow's high, 84. Mild tomorrow night with a low 57. Still warm on Friday. Some showers in the afternoon, though, with a high 78. Taking a look at the weekend, Saturday and Sunday clouds. Both days, maybe a shower. Saturday's high 63. Sunday, we're only going up to 52. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Rose Tamburino.
5: Alan Noble's with us. His brand-new work is called On Getting Out of Bed, The Burden and Gift of Living.
6: Alan, before the break, you talked about Um, doing the next right thing. And sometimes when you are overcome with grief or depression or anxiety, whatever your mental affliction is, and I appreciate the fact that we're not just talking about mental illness that we are, we're also talking about mental affliction, which includes pretty much all of us. Um, Sometimes the only thing you can do is the next right thing. Um, It's too much to think ahead an hour. Uh, I remember when I was in a really precarious place um, emotionally and psychologically, I used to think that an hour was too long for me to plan ahead, that I was just going to literally go minute by minute. And just that's what you're talking about in the book, right, is is doing the next right thing. But my question for you is what effect you think that has on the people around you. So when I was just taking really baby, real baby steps on how to do the next right thing, what impact does that have on my family or my coworkers?
8: I mean, some of us are going to have to plan uh, further ahead to the next, you know, the next moment. Um, There are, there are times when you, you've got to plan meals for the week. You've got to think about dropping your kids off at school. You've got to do, um, you know, you know, a a work project that's a month or six months in scope. Um, But I would say that the next right thing can be broken down into different sizes. And so it may be that you do have to think about it in terms of, okay, what am I going to do today? Um, And on some level, maybe that's what you just have to do for the sake of other people. Um, but to whatever extent you can bring it down to the to the to the moment by moment, uh, that's where we want to that's where we want to live when we're going through periods of of mental affliction. I think um, because there's a there's a tension here, and I'm, I'm glad you asked this question because there's a tension between what we need or what we desire to do and what other people need of us, mm-hmm. and this is something I try to get out of get out in the book that you know we even though the mental affliction happens in our head, we're not alone and other people are depending on us. When you're going through suffering, your kids still need you. Your spouse still needs you, your friends, your church, your neighbors still need you. And so to some extent, you've got to push yourself to do a little bit more. Um, And um, you also need to have grace for yourself and mercy for yourself because life is difficult and you're not going to be able to, there will be times when you're not going to be able to do all that is asked of you. And, um, there's no easy answers for this. There's no easy answers. Mm -hmm.
5: Talk to us about guilt, whether it's false guilt or otherwise, because Mm -hmm. I think, I think for a lot of people, guilt is, uh, is the prison walls that we build Mm -hmm. for ourselves and prevent us from moving ahead.
8: Right, yeah. Uh, guilt is something that, as Christians, um, it serves a purpose. Guilt is feeling bad for having done some concrete, specific thing, uh, and it should turn us to repentance, and then that repentance should turn us to life. Um, but sometimes we have guilt feelings or feelings of shame which is similar, um, that don't have the basis, their basis in reality or we don't know why exactly we feel bad or we feel bad for things that we shouldn't feel bad about. And I think at those times, we need to rely on our communities. I talk about in the book mm-hmm. the importance of conscience, which means knowing together. Um, con means with. So knowing with other people Uh, It's so important that we don't just allow, as you say, the prison of our mind to to keep us trapped, but that we reach out to others and we talk to pastors. We talk to wise friends and we say, I'm feeling bad about this. Is this do you think this is false guilt or is this real guilt? And sometimes we really need to break out of our heads and and get that wise counsel.
15: Mm -hmm.
5: So with that wise counsel then as believers in Jesus Christ we would lean on those friends who are also like-minded what about the role of uh, of our fellow believers and the church the church body itself um
6: especially when things things are so specialized now you know the professionals yeah among the professional right? everybody you know you, you need a professional for that so but what yeah what about when you have sometimes friends are enough yeah
8: yeah, it, you know, it's interesting because on the one hand, uh, what, I, what I urge in the book and what I want to continue to urge is that people pursue professional help if they need professional help. But I do have a concern about the professionalization of everything. Mm-hmm. So it used to be the case that you would have wise friends who you would call or you would talk to or you'd write letters to. Um, in in previous generations, when when you were going through something difficult, to get wise counsel, what do you think about this? Um, but now there's this tendency to think, well, that's the role of a therapist, or at least that's the role of a of a biblical counselor, or I have to talk to my pastor about this, and and I want to say it's both and like we want to talk to those those people, those professionals, but. Also, have friends in your life who are wise, who you can turn to and rely on and trust, because um, they can offer you wise counsel, too.
6: The book by Alan Noble is called On Getting Out of Bed, The Burden and Gift of Living. Our time's almost up, Alan, but one thing I want to – I mean, there's so many things that we could talk about. um, But I guess the one thing that's, I think, vital to get to is um, the uniquely Christian idea – that suffering is not the end, um, and that Jesus Christ, our God himself, submitted to it, which is such a, a, a mind-blowing concept, that, that suffering is such an essential, I don't know, it's such, it has such an essential part of the universe, that through, uh, that to redeem it, Jesus Himself had to submit to that, mm-hmm. had to live it, had to experience it. Um, so, talk about the um, what the Christian has to look forward to when suffering is such um, a reality of the present.
8: For me, I think I I constantly need to ground myself in the reality that I am a beloved child of God, that the God who suffered on the cross and died for my sins loves me intimately. Um, He didn't go bitterly or uh, begrudgingly. He he looks on me with with love. And that means that despite how anxious, depressed, guilty, condemned, confused, whatever melancholy I feel... Mm -hmm. Uh, The reality, there's an objective reality that God loves me, that he knows me, that he is caring for me moment by moment. And that's what has to motivate my actions, motivate me to do the next right thing.
2: That's good.
6: Alan, listen, it's my favorite. It's my favorite book I've read this year. I I love it that much. Mm
8: -hmm. Thank you.
6: And and not only is it practical, it's also short, but it's really beautifully written.
5: Mm -hmm. Very nice. Thank you. Alan Noble, uh, on getting out of bed. It, it is, as Cass said, it's just 104 pages long, but it's filled with great wisdom and empathy and compassion for all of us who struggle. Alan Noble, on getting out of bed.
1: 101.5 WORD. The Word of God. It's bold, it's direct, it cuts across the grain of popular culture. It illuminates the mind
4: and transforms the soul. Its meaning doesn't change, it applies to everyone, everywhere. Hi, friend, this is John MacArthur, encouraging you to find out
1: what the Bible means by what it says. Join me for clear teaching from God's compelling word every Monday through Friday right here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. My friends, Tom Lewis for Cross International with a great big thank you to everyone
4: who gave in our campaign to reach, rescue, and bring hope and the gospel to children right there in Haiti, Guatemala, and Nicaragua through Cross International Partners. Your gifts are literally transforming lives. Now, there's still some work to be done. A lot of children waiting to be fed for the next year, receive clean water, a Christian education, other life-saving resources, and there's room for you to call right now 866-806-2977 we've still got a lot of children in this campaign that need your help you can give on the web as well at wordfm.com the cross international banner or one more time here's the number to call 866-806-2977
16: let's be real mopping is a hassle you have to fill the bucket, heavy mop around then cleaning the mop when you're done so it doesn't grow bacteria a hassle on top of a hassle try swiffer wet jet with swiffer wet jet you start with a fresh pad and cleaning solution every time and when you're done you just toss the pad swiffer wet jet the faster easier cleaner way to clean your floors
0: easy cater presents we've got your back Upstairs. Up. So I ordered Mexican for my team at work.
15: With vegetarian options for Jerry.
0: And I'm in a meeting, and I remember Jerry's vegan. So I text Easy Cater, and they reply, "No problem, we got this." Gonna
15: fix it for ya.
0: Sometimes I get vegetarian and vegan confused, kind of like Austria and Australia.
7: Geography is not your suit.
0: Dietary needs? Easy Cater has your back with over 100,000 restaurants. Order 24/7 on EasyCater.com, and know we got your back. Rama Christian School
9: is enrolling now. Rama is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through eighth grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rama aims to develop the whole child spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rama is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families. For tuition and enrollment information, visit ramachristianschool.org.
5: Kath, have you ever, in your life, taken a coast-to-coast road trip?
6: Oh, I would love to. You mean, like, coast-to-coast of Pennsylvania?
5: No. (laughs) From Uh, this great country. No,
6: I would love to do that. Oh, my gosh.
5: Say, from New York City to Los Angeles. (gasps) No. Well, uh, the coast-to-coast road trip is 120 years old this week. In 1903, a Vermont doctor bet $50 that he could cross America by car. I mean, that's... Can you imagine what a car was like in 1903?
6: I I didn't even know that there were cars in 1903.
5: Well, they were very close to a horseless carriage as opposed to an automobile. Yeah,
6: right. They're the kind where you had to wear goggles, right?
5: Oh. (laughs) So deeply unsafe. Plus, there were no roads. There were horse paths. Okay.
6: Yeah, how are you getting through, like... Colorado.
5: It took him 63 days and in 1903 money, $8,000. Oh my goodness. And 600 gallons of gas. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, 63 days. Um, (sighs) Horatio Jackson and Sewell Crocker became the first people ever to drive a car from one side of the U.S. all the way to the other. I mean that what a can you imagine because at the time people thought that the automobile the horse's carriage was a passing fad
11: yeah i mean it, right. it
5: was derided so there's a map from 1907 because after this trip took place there's a map from 1907 uh from the automobile association of america their triple, blue book
6: triple A was around in 1903 yep. get
5: out it shows the routes of all the cross country car trips completed until then 11 in total. So from 1903 to 1907, 11 trips took place. And strangely, they, they were all duos. You'd want to have someone to go with you. Because sure. there was no mechanic. There was no someplace we could go and get your tire fixed. I mean, everything was made up, right? Talk about a lot of moxie.
6: How do? You, and you don't, there are no maps.
5: No maps, no maps. You have a compass. No car, very little driving experience.
6: What if it rains?
5: You're left to your own devices. And there, there were no roofs on no. top of cars at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for such practical matters, uh, Mr. Jackson enlisted the help of Sewell Crocker, a driver and mechanic. And on his advice, he purchased a 1903 Wint- Winton. He named the two-cylinder, <laughs> 20-horsepower touring car wow. the Vermont. The two left San Francisco on May 23rd, their car stuffed with sleeping bags and blankets, rubber suits and coats, an axe, a shovel and other tools, a Kodak camera, a telescope, a rifle, a shotgun, spare parts, and as many cans of gas and oil as they could stow. The plan was to avoid the deserts of Nevada and Utah, the higher passes of the Sierra Nevadas and the Rockies, So the expedition swung north to follow the Oregon Trail in reverse. They were only 15 miles into the journey when the car blew a tire. (laughs) Oh, no, what did they do? They had to use the only spare that they had brought. North of Sacramento, a woman misdirected them for a total of 108 miles. (laughs) So her family could see their first automobile.
6: Insert joke here.
5: When more tires blew out on the rocky road towards Oregon, they wound rope around the wheels. Along the way they wired the Winton Company for supplies to be sent ahead nevertheless they occasionally had to walk or cycle long distances to find gas oil or spare parts in Idaho Jackson and Crocker acquired a bulldog named Bud as a traveling companion mm, That's nice They fitted him with goggles to keep the dust from his eyes <laughs> and then the that's press awesome. caught on Jackson Crocker and Bud Bud all became celebrities Reporters and every uh, encouraged larger crowds away to the trio at every stop. Despite more hardships, they lost their money and their way on the road to Cheyenne, forcing them to go without food for 36 hours. Things got easier once they crossed the Mississippi, as there were more paved roads in the eastern half of the country. When they arrived in New York City on July 26th, 63 days after leaving San Francisco, they completed the first cross-country road trip in American history, And took them $8,000, which would be today $260,000. Oh, my gosh. Financed entirely by Mr. Jackson, 800 gallons of, of gas, and they never collected the $50 wager. Bud retired to Vermont with Jackson and his wife. And then Jackson went on to receive multiple medals for his service in World War I, became a successful businessman in Vermont. His only other car-related feat of note is a traffic ticket for breaking the six-mile-an-hour speed limit in Burlington. In 1944, he donated that car to the Smithsonian. It's on permanent display in the National Museum of American History. Isn't that cool?
6: Wow. Okay, in that story, forgive me, I missed where they landed. New York City. New York City, okay.
5: San Francisco to New York, 63 days, $260,000. That's
6: an incredible story. I mean... That's I love the fact that they got a dog in Idaho.
5: Bud and put him with goggles. Bud. I mean that's people are wild, aren't they? Because you can, people go and try to do it. I just love it so much.
6: And you think about how, you know, before we take road trips, we, you know, GPS it, we look at all, you know, all the websites, we go to Yelp, we figure out where we're going to eat right. or where we're, you know, the best hotels are. You're just leaving with absolutely no idea nothing, what's waiting. I can't believe they didn't really run, like, get stranded. Because oh. look how few gas and oil, you know, play, any, any places there would be where you could buy either well, one. Well,
5: gasoline was, you know, an oddity as well. I mean, the mixture of gasoline. Who's I can't making-
6: believe they found enough, well...
5: 63 days later.
6: That is something else. That's very
5: cool. Wow. Well, okay, we'll take a, a quick break. We're going to come back. We, we spent the, the general most part of this show talking about mental health. Yeah, right? we
6: did. So now we're going
13: to talk about garlic. <laughs>
10: All
13: right. Contact the tax group for details and restrictions. Attention to anyone that owes money to the IRS. The IRS has restarted aggressive enforcement actions against taxpayers who owe back taxes that were temporarily suspended for COVID. If you owe $10,000 or more, you must hear this because now is the time to clear your IRS tax debt. A special toll free number has been established so you can stop penalty fees, avoid liens, levies, or other hostile measures by the IRS. Call the tax group right now at 800 792 4730. The tax group will provide you with the maximum protection afforded by law.
14: I got behind on my taxes and owed $48,000. I didn't know what to do. I called and they got my bill lowered to just $3,500.
8: I owed $87,000 in taxes and it was scary. I got the amount I owed down to just 3500 I saved $83,500.
13: If you owe money to the IRS, don't wait another day. Call 800-792-4730 right now before the IRS enforces liens, levies, and other aggressive measures. The call and consult are absolutely free. Call now. Call 800-792-4730. 800-792-4730. 800-792-4730. Ryan,
12: I know that zit is the size of Rudolph's flashing nose. And Ryan, I know you've struck out the last 13 times at bat, but... It can't last forever. I think we've all had moments where things aren't going great, but someone reminds us that better days are ahead. This is one of those moments. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And luckily, interest rates are not forever. I had a friend say to me the other day, Ryan, we've been dreaming about a new home, and home prices have finally slowed up a bit. But now, interest rates are up, and we don't know what to do. And the reality is, that zit won't last forever. We're seeing hundreds of listeners buy the dream home today while they can, with the plan to refinance tomorrow when rates settle. And we'll help a bit as well. Word FM listeners get a $1,000 lender credit at closing. And our direct lender advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage
13: Corp. in New York. And a blessing number 1330. Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672.
0: Have you ever found yourself wondering, am I really forgiven? Is my salvation certain? Well, the answer is yes, if you're a follower of Jesus. And the 31-day devotional titled Assurance will help you quell any doubts. This is a book that addresses the reluctant thoughts we often face and draws from Scripture to show that our doubts may be unfounded. Request this comforting book from Truth For Life at truthforlife.org donate
2: Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC.
5: Well, so today is a national... Garlic Day. Na- it's a national day?
6: It is a national it be day. be
5: an international day.
6: Actually, you know what's strange about it? Mm. Is I actually think that it's Garlic Day that it's not even specified as, as to national. whether or whether that's a national yeah, or yeah. international thing do you have a garlic press uh yes, I do have a garlic press mm-hmm. I'm happy about it I mm-hmm. very much enjoy it mm-hmm. um i I came down hard on you earlier you did. and i am sorry about that but i i do have a a moral opposition to garlic in a jar
5: uh, do you i you don't have any in your in your fridge no you don't no not in a pinch no i i don't mind it it's that's i get what you're saying. I mean, you, you
6: have to know that you're hurting yourself. I'm not hurting myself. Yes, you are. It's so much better and fresher and more flavorful I get it. to just Squeeze get it, a garlic pop it in. and just, you. I, know. I want you to be happy. I
4: know. I'm happy.
6: Garlic can ward off high blood pressure, <laughs> high cholesterol. And friends. Uh, and exactly. Maybe vampires. Mm, We're not really mm, sure about that. Mm. Uh, what country produces the most garlic year after year? Bulgaria. <laughs> I don't know. That's really interesting. Um it's China. 80%, 80% of the total world population really? leading exporter.
5: Uh, have you ever grown it yourself?
6: No, but I there's a lot in my compost pile. Uh-huh. And I've heard that uh, if you do compost your garlic, you'll end up with garlic. Just spontaneously growing.
5: Where, somewhere in your yard? Well, like in the, the compost pile. Oh, of course. Yeah, sure, and so sure.
6: when you go to use your compost in
5: the rest of your yard, you might end up with... So some... it's fairly easy. So you could just bury a clove of garlic uh, you know yes i'm pretty
6: our good friend doug oster told us how to do it maybe a year ago and i don't remember it's all
5: right all right well i hate to tell doug that he tells me gardening things and they kind of slip what about like you know people do like there's garlic festivals right you can do like garlic chocolate and garlic jello, and like that everything garlic. That,
6: that doesn't sound good to me.
5: It doesn't. Not no. I mean, if you, you obviously love your garlic, I do love my garlic.
6: Um, I would say, in my household, it's not chocolate related. Uh, number one application would be uh, salad dressing. Mm-hmm. Second application would be any type of sauté. So, Pretty uh, much any sauté, whether uh-huh. it's it's the beginning of a tomato sauce, uh-huh. the beginning uh, yeah. of a mushroom sauce, the uh-huh. beginning of any Your base. Yeah. And uh-huh. then uh, I roast vegetables a lot, and you just have to Pop throw them in there. there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's such a wonderful thing.
5: So I would imagine, is your uh, garlic press like industrial size?
6: No, but I did do a lot of research before I bought it. Uh-huh. And it came with its own little brush, a little teeny tiny little brush, brush really? because you have to be able to get, get the there. garlic out of the little. Yeah,
5: thing. that's always a difficult thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. But
6: this particular press I bought, it accepts large cloves,
5: mm-hmm. with
6: it with a plum. Interesting. I'll say that. Hey, that's
5: funny. Like you know, so the thing like now nah, when you buy something, like you know, you spent a long time researching that. Yes. I mean, I was. I'm going to buy a garden hose. Oh, you're going to have to look into that. Right? Oh, I have already have. I've spent an mm-hmm. hour online researching garden hoses. I know what I'm going to buy. But it's it's a weird thing. Like, you know, gone are the days we just walk into the store and buy something. Now everything's like, I'm doing my research. We have
6: all of this information, research. and it's made our lives so much harder. It's
5: a little weird. It's a little, too, you know, too much, isn't it? It
6: really is.
5: I'm going to go in and, you know, go to Sheets, and I'm going to research my, is it M&Ms? Or is it a Milky Way? I'll, I'll do my research.
6: Right, I had to re—I had to, you know, Google best garlic press and read, you know, eighteen Multiple articles reviews. before I spent twelve ninety nine on the one I got.
5: And then a fight broke out on Twitter. People cried, and then you bought the press. <laughs> hey, thanks for being with us.
6: Find the podcast wherever you get your podcast. The ride home, John and Kathy.
7: The ride
4: home with John and Kathy a production of Salem Media Group